Welcome, 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 welcome to my podcast. I did it. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know what to expect from making this podcast and putting it out there in the world. But hey, I did what the Lord asked me to do. My name is Desiree Lewis, and welcome to my podcast, my podcast. I'm just an ordinary girl trying to live an extraordinary life with Christ, and it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. That's what my my podcast is challenging myself and you to do is. Get in touch with your day-to-day realistic emotions and and views and um, experiences on a day-to-day basis while trying to live a spot-free, blemish-free, righteous life. Hallelujah, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for this platform, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing in the world. There's nothing in the world that I have done that can separate me from the love of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bad girl, bad girl, bad girl, bad girl, bad girl, bad girl. Lost. Lost like Olivia and turned out. I'm 56 young, and as I close my eyes before I opened up for this evening, sitting on the side of my sink, I was thinking about my youngest sister. I wasn't a great big sister to her, and if I could turn back the clock, I would probably do things differently if she would have allowed me to. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is a very difficult, very difficult, painful area of my life. I thought you hate someone so deeply the way my sister hate me. So I'm sitting on the side of the sink and I just started getting filled up with tears like, when are they going to stop? I mean, I'm still crying. My heart's still aching. I think about the pain and the things that she's done to me. And I'm not a victim anymore. God delivered me from that place. God, but I'm still healing. Healing because I need to forgive her. I need to be able to hear her name and my skin don't crawl. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're supposed to forgive, right? But some days I want vengeance. I want vengeance. Do we talk about that as Christians? Do we get honest with our friends and our leaders and 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 tell them that I don't want to wait on God. I don't want vengeance to be his. I want revenge right now. Or or, or we sit back and or I I sit back and sometimes and um like. I wish bad things on people that hurt me. And then I have to turn around and repent. Am I the only Christian that does that? Am I the only Christian that does that? I don't hear Christians talk about their dark, dark, dark areas in their life. Like, where God saved them from. I, I, I don't hear you. Let's talk about that. 
you know, in our own demons that we suffer with as Christians. And yeah, we know we are above and not beneath the head, not the tail. Linda's not borrowers. All that the word says that we grasp it and we say it and we uh, hold on and we really, but deep, 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 deep down inside, have you really embraced it? That that's who we are? Have we really embraced that we were fearfully and wonderfully made? Hallelujah. Do we embrace it? Or do we still suffer with low self-esteem in some areas of our lives and we compare ourselves to the next person and we come up short? Hey, hey, do we embrace who we really are? Or do we suffer in silence about how we want to be somebody else or we want what others have and we just covet in silence and did you get honest and talk about those things? Only we have to turn around and ask God to forgive me. God continue to pierce and purge my heart, cleanse me, purify me, make me whole. Forgive me for coveting. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for, for, for feeling like I don't want to forgive. Forgive me, Lord, for wanting to take matters into my own hands and, and hurt your child. Who am I to want to hurt your child? The people that hurt me, the people that hurt me are your child, your children. And if you forgive me, and throw my secrets into the sea and my sins away. Who am I? Who am I not to forgive my brothers and sisters? Who am I not to forgive? Hallelujah. You know, when I used to talk about forgiveness years ago, you know, I was in this program and I was leaving people and sharing things with them as they come to me. I don't give a lot of opinion. I mean, I don't give a lot of suggestions. I don't tell people what to do. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't care if I experience it. I don't walk up and offer information. People have to ask me. You know, I feel like when people ask me, "What do I go through? How do I do this? And how do I do that?" I feel as though that they are most teachable. You know, and, and and are open to hear, you know, what 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 I experienced because they asked. Hallelujah. And I would talk about how, oh, forgiveness is just a decision. All you have to do is decide that you want to forgive and it's just a decision. It's not action, you just do it. Oh please. Please. August the seventeenth. 2018, I got ill with a coma, uh, with pneumonia, acute pneumonia. Sorry, guys. I still stumble over my tongue and, and, and as a result of, you know, what I'm sharing with you. And I went into the hospital. First, I suffered much. I suffered. If things probably wouldn't have gotten this bad if they got... If I would have went to the doctors a week in advance, 
You know, I wanted to stay home and try all these remedies to take care of myself and go to exhaust my money on the over-the-counter things. And instead of taking my airy gear to the doctor's office, you know, I waited too long. By the time I um, got to the doctor's office, the acute pneumonia was so out of control, they had to incubate me right away, right away. But as I was prepping and things of that nature, and I'm talking, and then one of the doctors was really excited, and that, you know, they had me as a patient, and just really hyped and nice about it. So I asked him, I said, what is acute pneumonia? He said, oh, well, that's the pneumonia that you get from being in a facility of some kind, you know, a nursing facility, a, a college dorm, a hospital, or, you know, so one of the other nurses say, um, have you been anywhere lately? Where have you? I said, sure, I have. I've been at this hospital last month. You see the sign that you look on their face, they look at each other, looked around, and their heads dropping. The young doctor, resident doctor, looked at my chart, and he's like, oh, she only was here for 24 hours. Hello, I stayed overnight, and that's all it took. That's what it took. So the whole demeanor of the doctor, the whole demeanor of the doctor changed. He wasn't smiling, wasn't high-fiving anymore. And the last time I tried to high-five him, he just gave me this look. And I saw the demon in his eye. And as I see him, I talked to you, the Holy Spirit told me, do not let them put me to sleep. As I speak to you, my brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit said, do not put, allow them to put you to sleep. The devil is a lie. I could not get the words together. I could not, I just, just didn't know how to move forward and tell them no. I changed my mind, no, that's okay, no. I, a numbness, a numbness took over me. A numbness took over me. I couldn't speak. I couldn't stop them from incubating me and putting me to sleep. Even if the Holy Spirit told me not to allow it to happen, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't lift my arms, I couldn't open my mouth or anything. So, as a result of that, you know, it was a, a, a lengthy stay in the hospital. I, I wound up in a coma, on life support. Every organ in my body was affected. And, um, you know, things weren't looking really good at all. And the doctors were adamant that I wasn't going to survive, that I was going to die. And, um, and told my daughters, was trying to get my daughters to pull a plug. Well, I kept suggesting it to them. And as I know today, my daughter said, he just kept pressuring me, Mom, and saying he wasn't going to make it, and he just stayed on me. And um, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for just being you. Hey, shit, Katie. Hey, Halaba. Glory, hallelujah. A year, probably a year before I hadn't gotten sick, and we were having a discussion about someone that um, was on life support. Uh, um, us, myself, and people that were sitting around. And we was discussing how long they'd been on there and they think that they was about be taken off. And um, no, their parents gonna allow them. Oh, excuse me, guys, let me, let me slow down. Whoever was the power of attorney was gonna 
allowed them to unplug the devices, devices, you know, so you can, can be taken off of life support. And I had a conversation with my children, my two oldest daughters, God bless you, so they my children and my babies, they are four adults, okay, 32, 36, 34, and 36. And I said to them, if anything like that ever happened to me, do not pull the plug because I believe in miracles. Do not pull the plug on me. God prepared that conversation. He prepared my daughters to be um, to um, know what to do when the time had come. And my daughters did not allow them to pull the plug. And I can just imagine my oldest daughter. People was telling me how feisty she is and could be with the doctors. And she wouldn't allow them to turn the TV off and kept it on Food Network. Kept it on Food Network because she told them I was watching TV. And every time she, when she came in, the TV was off. She would get very upset, and she would not um, pull the plug. She knew, she knew, she was not, you know, confused about that. Her and you know, my baby girl probably just was gonna do whatever her big sister say because she trusts her big sister. So I mean, it was all on my oldest daughter, and she did a great job. She did a great job, you know, a really great job. Um, you know, watching over me when I when I couldn't watch over myself. So I I just told you guys that testimony, um, and and that wasn't even the reason why I started in this direction. I was wanting to talk about forgiveness. Well, um, and while I was in this coma, I was renting for my sister out of her property. I paid my rent at the beginning of the month, so I wasn't behind in rent. And when that month was up, she actually evicted me. Now, it's illegal to evict people when they're in a coma, and it's illegal to accomplish, you know, to um, repossess a person's car, you know, things like that nature when they're in a coma. You know, and um, yeah, she so she evicts me. So when I get out of the hospital, I have nothing, nothing, nothing. Everything that I own, everything that I own, you know, was gone. And from what I understand, it was stored in the basement, and everything I water damaged and stuff from when the pipe bust. And so I had a girlfriend that bought me a pair of sneakers to come home. Another girlfriend gave me two sweatsuits that she couldn't fit. The nurses gave me a jacket and five disposable panties, hospital panties, and a bunch of the socks. And that's how I left the hospital with, you know, my oxygen and bags of that nature. When I finally left, three years you know, I skipped the whole lot because I didn't bring the testimony to talk about the testimony because that would have came later but you did get some of it. So when I came off the um, coma, I'm skipping the whole lot. I had to eventually wound up in uh, physical therapy because you, know, because you know you have to learn how to walk and talk and eat and use your muscles and things that lay dormant while you know you weren't um, mobile. And when I, I mean, I, I told my oldest brother, I said, you know, I don't care what she and I um, go through or what. If we would, I, I could have never 
permit too much to, 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 to shoes on the other feet, on the other foot. I could not have never, but you know what? I wasn't surprised. I was not surprised. My sister, you know, when I look back at her, like, like the way she looks at me when she's upset, you know, small things, like very, very small things, she can get so upset with me, like, and get rageful. And it's like her husband or her kids, you want to come do the very same mistake, make the very same mistake. And she had just as much compassion and understanding that she has for them and never, you know, for me. She, I mean, and it was like, this is, uh, my sister needs deliverance, praise God. My sister needs deliverance because, she, wow. You know, and, and, I, and I just think about how, you know, and this is not to speak badly of my sister, you know, that, um, the things that she's done to people, you know what I mean? And, my, and so I pray. I pray to God, you know, and as I was sitting, right before I picked up the podcast, I was sitting on the side of the sink, and I just got teared up because I still feel the pain when I can close my eyes and just look at the, the what she looks at me with disdain when she's upset with me for no reason. And um and how I, like the summer before I got sick before I actually got sick and went into um the hospital, her son had got killed January the I mean June the first gun gun down, you know, and shot ten times and we all witnessed him lying on the ground really with bullets, but we didn't um, see the person that, you know, shot him. We just happened to come outside. When outside, we saw him on the ground. So she was so, she was, and then she was going through something on her, um, her marriage. And, um, and, and, you know, through it all, thank God, I have the ability to try to figure out what makes a person act the way they act and do the things that they do. You know, so I look at all the things that she was going through at the time, you know, and, um, and with the one and off thing with her husband, you know, they, they finally got, she got, she, she divorced him that December 2017. And so I'm looking at these things and I'm trying so I can develop an attitude of forgiveness. I share all that to talk about how important it is that we forgive people. And it's for us. It's not for them. It's for us, you know, because I feel trapped. I feel like I'm tired of feeling the the pain uh, and the, I'm saying, nasty feeling that I feel when I hear my sister's name, you know, and, and I want God to heal me because I don't want to become bitter. I want to get better. Praise God. I want to get better. You know, so, um, yeah, I said, let me talk to my podcast audience on tonight and try to be consistent with this podcast you know and um talk about things like this that we think about when we're home and the things that bother us when we're alone 
and no one is around us, and our mind just go on and have a party of its own, and and does what it wants to do, you know, and how you know we. I, and I know that I'm not alone, sit through this pandemic and not moving fast and going a lot of places and miss the summer like summer used to be. And you do everything and you've done everything that you could do in the house. And what else can you do? What, can, what else can you do? What else can I do but sit here and, and, and uh, um, rebuke the battle that's in my mind? And constantly work hard to think righteous to be, and to be, think positively about people, pray positive things for people. You, you know, it's just tedious, it's tedious, it's tedious effort, conscience effort to forgive. You know, it's not like I thought it was. I had no clue what forgiveness was at the time, and I said, it's just, you know, make your mind up and just forgive. Yeah, you have to make your mind up, you know. But in my situation, and the pain that I feel, that I have to do something about it. And the most that I can do about it is expose it, find it, and send it back to the pits of hell you know, and walk in the authority of forgiveness, walk in the power to heal. In the mighty name of Jesus, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it feels like, you know, just pick up your crown, your cross, your uh, rod, your staff, whatever you choose to call your tribulations, Pick it up and walk like Christ did. And keep walking. And keep walking. There was nothing. Nothing. Nothing exciting about Christ being who he was during the time of his crucifixion. There was nothing cute or glamorous about the sins that he was taking on for us. Just close your eyes and imagine. Did you see the movie Passion of Christ? Just close your eyes and imagine. Just imagine. See how cool. Oh my God, I thank you. You know, and, 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 just put yourself in, in, in that position and and put on your shoulders like your unforgiveness. Just put in your unforgiveness, your your covetousness, whatever your battle is right now, along with the other ones that are, you know, you heal and deliver from. And then there's some of them that's laying dormant and creepy and it's insidious. Waiting to rear its ugly head, you know, to uh, cause us to do whatever the assignment is that the 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 principle, the the the, the darkness, the well, excuse me, guys, slow down, this. The power of darkness commands for it to do in our lives. 
and that is to seek to steal, kill, and destroy the, the devil. Seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. So imagine, you know, your your cross, and like it's nothing compared to what Christ went through—the persecution and the ridicule and the backbiting and the gossip. You know that that little stuff that hurts our feelings, and then we want to start speaking to people and. And whole resentment, and you know, and, and, and here's Christ walking up, walking, 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 falling. Every time he get hit, that's a sin, that's an infirmity. You, you understand? That's an unrighteousness, that's rape. That's every time they whip him, it's one, it's something that we experience here on earth. Every sin, every sin that we have encountered and then endured, every whip, every lash. Everything, every mark, every scar, every gash is accounted for in Christ's body. Every gash has a reason. Every whip has a reason. Every lash has a reason that he bore for us to cast our cares on him. You know, and we sit alone and we go through these things in our flesh. You know, which is realistic. But do we have anybody to turn to and talk to about it? You you understand what I'm saying? Be real, be honest, you know? Be real and be honest. You know, tell the truth. God already knows. God already knows. Tell the truth to the God. Tell the truth to your God, our Father. You know, allow yourself to be vulnerable and naked in front of your Father. You know, come to him. We, we, we ought to return back to Christ in the mindset and in the state of a child. You, you know what I'm How meek. Imagine your first child if you had one. How meek they are when they're born and how needy and dependent they are on their parents. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, babies, they don't have, there's, there's not a doubt in their mind that they won't get fed, that their pamper won't get changed. You know, but we sit around and we doubt Christ, we doubt God. We can look back over our life and see how far He's brought us and the things that He brought us through. And we still doubt. And we still want to hold on to those, those mediocre, media, media, excuse me, guys, mediocre, mediocre um, things that are temporal. Even though they hurt, they are temporal. Christ kept his mind on things of everlasting. You know, her feelings are temporal. You know, 
Her feelings are temporal. So why is it so hard for me to surrender all when it comes to my relationship with my sister and and, and not my complete healing? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that question. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that revelation. So that's homework for me, guys. That's something for me to look at. Why am I having such a hard time with this piece? With my sister and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, resentments and just keep rehearsing, you know. I can't close my eyes and think of one nice thing I could say about my sister when it comes to me. I could, I could say, I could say, you know, of course, she I'm not even talking about giving me things materially. Just, just kind and sweet, and and I'm 56, you know. And we grew up like this all our life. You know, and um, I know where it come from. That's better come later on. You know, I know where it came from. You know, so I grew up in the household with all my siblings. My sister um, reacted the most out of her anger and jealousy and resentment towards me. But my brothers was, um, you know, a little envious too. You know, they all thought that I was the favorite and I got treated better than everyone else and things of that nature. And my mom's explanation was that I wasn't favorite. I just was responsible. I did what I had to do. So I earned things. I earned allowances and stuff. I did my chores. I came home from school. You know, I take my grandma to a doctor's appointment or wherever she wants to go. And I hang out with her down Central City for a couple hours before she had to go back to her apartment because she might not be ready to go in the house. You know, so my grandma would, you know, bless me. I was a, a young girl growing up, a teenager growing up. And, you know, and my, so my grandma, we don't like to call it paying. She wasn't paying me, but my grandmother understood, you know, that I was a young girl and, and she was using me for her service, for services. So when I was done taking her to a doctor appointment and hanging out with her all day and spending time with her, she blessed me with a couple dollars. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Because it was hard to get people to do that. To come and um, take her to her doctor's appointments and things of that nature and go to lunch and just hang out and feed the birds. You know, because everybody didn't have the tolerance for a grandma. Just take her to a doctor's appointment and shove her back in her apartment. And my grandma didn't want that. So sometimes coming out and going to the doctor's, well, it's the only time she gets to go out for a while. Because everybody's life is so full. You know, I mean, people are going to pass and see her because she lived in a neighborhood close by. You can easily go knock on her door and sit with her and say hi or whatever and whatever. And then you get up and leave. But to come out and be taken out when it came time for that, everybody was so busy in the rush. Hurry up, Grandma. But you got to go to that. I ain't got time to do that. You got to go home. I go tomorrow and go, I go to the market for you tomorrow. All that, you know. Praise God. I'm going on a tangent. Time to wrap this up. It's time to wrap this up. Pick up the cross, guys. Pick up your cross. 
expose the darkness that you encounter at night or in the day when you're when you're alone and you study. You you done you have done everything. You worship, you pray, you study, you went to school, you went to work, you cleaned your house, you did chores, you fed the kids. You know, you did everything and, and now you're here, you're just sitting here and like what do I do next? Boredom trying to creep in. And then you get all these you know, you have to you start getting thoughts thoughts about your past, thoughts about your you know, what the future could be. Or, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? The enemy just start working on the mind. Expose your mind. Expose your mind. Let it go. 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 And, and I, I love to say this, and I'm going to let this conversation be the conversation, the end of it. I tell people when I share with them, because I'm not an expert. I just have experience. You know, with um, growth and development and recovery, you know, I'm retired from social work, social services, you know. I've been trained different sorts of, tra- all sorts of training and have certificates and I haven't even graduated from, graduated from college. But because of my work experience, my work history and, and my life experiences and with, with trauma and recovery, and um, I can share with people that ask me, you know, and then my relationship with Christ, you know. So, yeah, yeah, get that stuff out. Get that stuff out. Get that stuff out. You know, maybe I could be a hint, you know. Um, you know, okay, so masturbation. I don't masturbate. I don't masturbate. And I'll tell you why in my next episode. That's another topic that I want to cover. Masturbation. We'll talk about that when I come back next time. So, forgiveness is very important. It's mostly for you to free yourself up of those demons that, that attack you and have you relive it over and over again about what someone has done for you. And then it blocks your prayers. Lack of unforgiveness, lack of forgiveness blocks your prayers. You know, we want God to hear our prayers. So, this is an informal podcast. I'm not a professional. I'll share my personal life. And I hope you guys, whoever run across you, can be blessed by my experience. And how I try to live righteous as possible without a spot or blemish. And when we talk about that, we talk about thought, action, and deed. So if you thought about it and it's not of God, you may need to repent and ask God to forgive you. So so it's a day-to-day walk. It's a day-to-day walk, you know, and it's not religious. It's more than just saying, I am saved, I know God. I'm a Christian, and just for name's sake, those days are over, and it's over. We are ambassadors and soldiers and warriors and all those good, good things. They have to get on the battlefield and, and, and grab as many souls as you can and, and so they can come back to our Father and spend a life of eternity. You know, that's our responsibility. 
to win souls for Christ. You know? Alrighty. So I'm gonna tune out until the next time. And I pray that those who have have ears let them hear. I pray that the words that came from my mouth be anointed and penetrate who whomever it needs to penetrate to help make a transformation or whatever God your will may be with the words I speak on this platform. Use it to your glory, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And if you are not sure that you're going to heaven if you die today or tomorrow, and if you have never received Christ and you want to get saved, you know, to secure, you know, a life of eternity with Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit and the angels and all that great, great stuff in heaven, and not burn in hell because hell is real. It's real and I don't want to go there. And some people say hell is on earth. No, baby, this is nothing compared to the hell that you will go to if you don't make it into heaven. So thank you, Jesus. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Father God. I thank you for your son, Jesus, Father God. And I repent, Father God. Forgive me, Father God, for my sins, Father God, that I have committed, Father God. Cleanse me up and make me whole, Father God. I confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, and He died, and on the third day He rose up and came back, so I may have everlasting life, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father God. So fix me, Father God. Cleanse me up. Search my heart. Guide me on this path that we call Christianity. Guide me on this path. Hallelujah. Surround me with some Bible truth teaching people that is all about your will, Father God. And if it's not about your will, Father God, I don't want to be a part of it. If it's not in alignment of what the Bible says, I don't want any parts of it. So guide me, Father God. Surround me with those people, Father God. Fill me with your Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you right now for forgiving me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's all you have to say. I mean, you know, I say it all kinds of different ways. The way the Holy Spirit leads me to say it. It's just the call of repentance. You repent. There's no special way. You know, I mean, you don't have to say it the way religious people say it and the way you may have raised up to repent. Say, you know, the sinner's prayer is called. So, God bless you guys. Hallelujah. It's 30 minutes almost, praise God. And who knows, I will promise you, I will never go over an hour. Hallelujah. I will never go over an hour, and I'm trying hard to keep it in the 45-minute realm range because I can. Once I get to talk about the Lord, Jesus Christ, I can blow. So be blessed, and I love you, and I don't need permission to love you.
but I love you anyhow. My name is Desiree Lewis. I am the founder of Avalanche Avalanche of Grace Ministries. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, and I'll share with you how I got the name for this ministry. You know, as I continue to share openly about my life. Okay. God bless you, and sleep tight.